Welcome back to The Chosen Journey with Big Money Grip, Steve Carsey, and I'm the co-pilot today, Chosen Lawyer. Steve, welcome back as always. Yeah, good to be back and good to be talking some baseball here. Today's a big chapter because there's money is flowing like fine wine, Steve. It's unlimited dollars, seemingly. So, so many signings, so little time. I cherry-picked a few of them today that we can kind of take a look at them and say, what do we think about these? I can't imagine any of these deals we're going to say by the end of the contract, this is going to look good. I just can't see it. But some I think will do better than others. So first no of doubt. all... No doubt. And, and, you know, I feel the frustrations of so many baseball fans out there. You know, we got all these teams, and it seems like only a select few... We're handing out the dollars and so many teams are uh, uh, fans of these teams are saying, when's our turn? When are we getting our free agent? You know, and we're going to leave the Phillies and Mets Braves off to the side. We're going to talk about them next week because we got to talk about the NL East because that division now has become the new AL East in my estimation. It is looking real good there. So we're going to leave those guys because it's just there's too many to cover. So first of all, you know, being in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, first of all, I'm not a homer. I would say it's funny. I'm a baseball mm -hmm. fan. I was a huge Kansas City Royal fan growing up. Loved the Tigers, the Yanks. Was never really a Jays fan per se. I just respect them at all. But I got to say, there was one guy that I believed that if somebody signs him, they're going to get a steady presence in their rotation. And all of a sudden, the baseball gods smiled down on the Blue Jays fans. They said, when's our free agent coming? You know, we gave up the Oscar Hernandez, and we're not doing anything. I don't understand this. And we got awarded Chris Bassett. So it became Chris Bassett Day in Toronto, and the Blue Jay fans were rejoicing. We got our third starter. Life is good. Went back and looked at his numbers, and I won't run through them, but very low innings over his career. Not a lot of mileage on the arm. He's, I believe, 34 years old, if I'm not mistaken, but got the arm, I would say, of a 28-year-old. Steve, I'm really excited. Am I living in the clouds here, or am I in reality? I think you're floating on the clouds a little bit. I'm sorry to say. As much as it is Chris Bassett Day, um, I, I just think that uh, I like the length of the deal. I like the three years that they gave him uh, being a 34-year-old. Um, you know, obviously, uh, the money is probably a little inflated for my taste uh, as far as an AAV goes for those three years. But, you know, that's the going rate today. Um it is what it is. That's what starting pitchers uh, are making, especially if their numbers are a little bit better than, uh, you know, what the market tends to to speak. I mean, the Mike Clevenger deal with the White Sox was a twelve million dollar deal, and that kind of set the market off. And that was the comps used with his numbers moving forward with injuries and things like that. So, um, you know, I think he's a quality pitcher. I think he's a middle of a rotation guy. Uh, is he a guy that's probably going to give you 200 innings? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I think uh, as long as he stays healthy, I think he'll be a, a solid guy, especially with the offense uh, that is behind him um, and, you know, what what kind of uh, runs that uh, the Toronto offense will put up with those those great young players that they have. Well, I think we can admit off the air that we had a gentleman's bet on this, and I said that Chris Bass is going to be winning 15 games or more. You had under 15 games. I do. I'm going to guess it's not because of the offense, not because of his pitching. I think it's going to be injuries. You think that's what's going to do it? I think that to win 15 games in the big leagues, you have to make 30 starts. 
I just, that's just how, that's how I feel. Uh, and you have to be in the spot in the rotation with the team scoring runs for you. Um, you know, when you pitch in the upper portion of the rotation or the middle of the rotation, sometimes you don't get that run support because you're facing better pitchers on the other side of, of the ball and they're a lot tighter games. So uh, at the end of the day, I just, I just not sure he's going to put up enough innings and make enough quality starts uh, to get him to the number of the 15, I see more of the 10 to 12 range, uh, you know, per year for him. And and if you can do that, I think that's uh, exactly what they're looking for. Remember the days of Jack Morris and John Smoltz that complete games were just a gimmies. And now somebody that goes six innings is considered a workhorse. Like I would say, I, I mean, I agree with you in a sense that guys are not pitching complete games the way they used to. They're lucky to get six innings in because of pitch counts and arm and all that. The shorter time you're in there, the more chances that something bad can happen as far as offense or blown games, etc. To actually get a win anymore is very difficult for a starter, and that's why it's not much of a measure anymore. I think they look at all those other stats as far as uh, measuring a starting pitcher. Is that correct? Yeah, I think that's uh, a fair assessment. I also think that you know uh, he's he's going from um, you know a team. Um, like the Mets that play in the National League East and face some National League teams, uh, especially in like the NL Central where there aren't strong teams like Pittsburgh, you know, the Cubs last year, um, you know. Uh, Marlins, overall, the Nationals. The Mar- yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you got those teams that he's pitching against. Now he's going to have to pitch against the AL East and a lot of the powerhouses uh, in the American League that have, you know, high-octane offenses. So, uh, again – I just think that, uh, you know, you have to fill a void somewhere. That was the best void that they felt uh, that was going to help them and maybe give them innings. Uh, how they assessed that, you know, signing was on there. I know he was looking for four years. Um, I didn't think he was going to get four years. I think the, the three ended up being, uh, you know, uh, very good job by, by any team with the age of, uh, you know, him at his signing i think considering like you said the years the dollars they're having to pay i think this is as good of a bet as you can get as far as you know minimal risk so to speak uh coming on to i think the worst contract of the offseason so far steve my mind is blown right now i don't understand this the new york yankees i think brian cashman is still he's, he just got his contract extension I think that they're very, they were celebrating for weeks after Aaron Judge signed. He didn't go to San Francisco and he just, I don't know what happened. Maybe Scott Boris has some pictures of him. I don't know what he was able to do from negotiation. Carlos Rondon, like, okay, I recall him getting a one year, then getting a two year with an opt out. I looked at his numbers the other day. I sent them to you. Like, the man has barely pitched. He has been injured for forever, had two very solid years. Yes, two solid years with a bunch of injured years. Apparently gets you six years, $162 million. I thought he was asking for seven years, and I'm like, okay, I'm asking for a Bentley. It's not coming. Well, he came pretty close to those seven years. Steve, what is going on with Carlos Rodon, which I think this contract is going to age so badly almost instantly. Why would the Yankees do this themselves? Why? You know, I have two words on that calculated risk. Um, you know, I think he was one of the better pitchers for the last two years. Uh, if you take out the first five or six of his career where he was hurt and didn't put up the quality starts and didn't put up the, 
number of innings that anybody would like. Um, you know, for for some reason, he's shown that over the last two years, and and I believe that's what teams are banking on when they're signing him. Obviously, uh, the Yankees probably went a little further, I think, than most teams would have wanted to go with uh, a pitcher with that resume and that track record of, of injuries. Um, so that's why I think he ended up signing with the Yankees for, for six years. I'm, I'm just guessing and speculating that most teams wanted either a four or five year deal uh, with him and maybe would have gave him a little bit higher AAV, uh, but he went for a little lower AAV and uh, a, a more dollars uh, over the long haul, uh, which is, you know, just what, uh, you know, decides what a player wants to do. Um, and usually as you get older, you're probably going to take the more years. And that's why guys ask for it. If he had two good years going into last year's offseason, there's no chance he's getting this contract. Last year, I think if he had two steady years, he'd have been lucky to get a three-year. And I mean lucky. And these were the types of contracts forever for these type of guys that would have in set and lay contracts so that you, you pitch, you get paid. If you don't, you're not going to get paid the top dollar, but you're still going to get a decent base. And I guess there was a huge amount of demand and very little supply. And so he pitched really well at the right place at the right time. And he cashed in his winning lottery ticket and he should be partying all off season. Now he should be really, really happy with his agent and happy with how it went and going to a team like the Yankees. Well, of course. I mean, he has Boris, right? I mean, Boris knows how to uh, work the system. Uh, he has the players. He has great relationships, obviously, with, uh, you know, general managers and owners. And he knows what he's talking about. Listen, the guy has collected over a billion dollars in contracts Saw that. this offseason. A yeah. billion dollars. One billion dollars. Exactly my point. One billion. So get your heart out, uh, Doctor Evil. He's doing very good for himself, and he knows the market, and he knows what he can, guys can get, and uh, whether he manipulates the system or not. Uh, this is what the teams are going to pay his clients, and uh, you know he gets the best deal that the the clients wants, and and you can't fault him for that. I've seen a couple of his brochures that he prepared on a couple of free agents. He really makes them seem like the greatest thing ever and how they're perfectly going to slot into the team and how every other fault is not an issue anymore. He just highlights all the positives. Steve, if he negotiated for us, you and I would be on ESPN radio now making 10 million each guaranteed. It's crazy, isn't it? It's like, uh, you know, there's always, there's always guys in, in, in every arena, so to speak, that, uh, knows exactly what they're doing. And, uh, you know, he's in the baseball arena and he has a very good understanding of what the market is. A team that I'm very proud of, that I'm very happy with, I have a feeling you're not as happy with them, are the San Francisco Giants. Sean Manea, Ross Stripling, both get two years, $25 million each, and Carlos Correa cashes in at 13 years, three fifty. dollars uh, Having watched Ross Stripling this past year in Toronto, very steady in the rotation. I thought of that money, the Jays should have kept him and put him in as the fifth starter, but apparently they're sniffing around Johnny Cueto. But uh, you know what? Stripling was just a reliable guy and the Giants needed to fill in some patches. Manea looked really scary out there in the playoffs this past year, but there's something about pitching in San Francisco that some guys take it and maybe he's hoping he will rondone himself into a big contract. Uh, thoughts on these three signings? Well, so that's what reliable gets you these days, right? Twelve and a half million. I mean, if you stay healthy and you're able to put up innings, teams will pay for that. 
uh, just because you put up innings, no matter what your ERA is or what some of the other numbers uh, identify you as. So, uh, I mean, I, I just think that the Giants at the end of the day were missed out on some really key players that they they put money out there for. It's not that the, the Giants weren't trying. Uh, that's just the players decided to go elsewhere and play. I mean, obviously, who knows what's in the players' minds for – you know, accepting or not accepting a contract in, in California, so to speak, or San Francisco, you know, there's high taxes. It's where they want to have their families. They know they're going to be there long-term, uh, you know, especially like the Korea deal, 13 years. So you better really like the city. You better really like the area that you're going to be in um, and and be ready to play uh, in that aspect every day. But, uh, you know, as far as those signings go, I think they, they got exactly what uh, the market uh, says they are. Uh, I think they're going to be quality players that come in and uh, give them innings and give them a chance to win. Um, you know, and 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 starters are hard to come by. So uh, you know, they get Manea and and Stripling. Um, they're they're hoping for twenty five to thirty starts and maybe one hundred and fifty innings out of them, and, and keep them competitive uh, in an NL West that. Uh, you know, is going to be much better this year. The, the Dodgers aren't doing much, but they still have a good team. San Diego obviously is, uh, you know, rolling up the the Brinks truck and to whoever flies into San Diego and just dumping it out there at their feet. Uh, if they want to take it, they take it. If they don't, then uh, they move on to the next. But uh, listen, don't think that players don't use the San Diego trip uh, as leverage. Uh, for the other teams that they want to get a little bit more money out of uh, when when they know that the, the Padres are ready to sign them for X amount of dollars. So overall, I think competitive signings, I think market value for the players uh, that got that money. And, uh, you know, we'll just see, have to see how these age and, and how these play out uh, over the course of 2023. Yeah, I think it'll help them out as far as them getting ready also for the big Otani signing that will come next year. Because again, I told you, Shohei Itani is going to be going to San Francisco. He will be the face of this, of this franchise with Carlos Correa, and they're going to have a good time. This is where I foresee him going. He's not coming to the Yanks. He's not coming to the Dodgers. He wants to go to San Francisco. I feel it in my bones. Just like the Cardinals winning the World Series. I will be right about next year's World Series. We're going to get to that. We are going to get to that. Not to worry. Um the the universe, I don't know, maybe I'll just cloud it with Pujols, uh, you know, uh, on his chase there. But um, no, I was a little off about the Cardinals. I agree. Very good th- team, but just not uh, ready to make that next step. If I was a Red Sox fan right now, and I've never been to Fenway, I have to go to Fenway. I really want to see Fenway. I, I, if you're a baseball fan, you must see Fenway once in your life at least. And I got to believe that they are very frustrated for Mr. Dombrowski uh, unceremoniously leaves, goes to Philadelphia, builds them a winner because that's all he does is build winners. Mr. Bloom is not doing so well. So they got to spend some money. I don't like any of these signings, Steve. I really don't like them at all. Kenley Jansen, two years, 32 million. Mastaka Yoshida, five years, 90 million. Steve, have we not learned that Taking big money from Japan and not seeing them ever play an Emily game is a real roll of the dice. Yeah, it's a it's a big roll of the dice. I mean, you know, obviously there's a transition period uh, within that first year or two. I mean, Otani showed that a little bit and he shined, uh, but it's a it's a transition getting them to come over and 
you know, fit in in a major league clubhouse and a major league team and, and get them to where they need is, is, is a real roll of the dice. You just, you just never know uh, how that player is going to perform. I mean, obviously the Yankees had some with, with pitchers, uh, the, you know, uh, Boston had one with Daike Matsuzaka. I mean, there's plenty of guys who come over from Japan and, and whatnot and, and have reputable careers over here. I mean, Ichiro is just special, right? So, like, that's one that's, uh, you know, you can just check off on top of the board that works. And that's what sometimes these teams are going to do. Did they overpay for this guy at 5 and 90? They might have. Um, we will have to wait and see. But, you know, uh, Kenley Jansen, uh, I mean, he's a staple. And, we're just going to see how, how that, that ages too. But, you know, when a team like Boston is, is really scuffling to, to sign guys, they, they have to go off the board and, and try to find guys that are going to come there to play. I know the numbers end up balancing out for Mr. Jansen, but every year it seems fans are ripping out their hair when he goes in because when he goes into those cold streaks, Steve, it is really, really frustrating with him. Plus, you never know as far as he has that a heartbeat issue that you never know if there'll be an injury or something with that. I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have given that money. And also, what's the point of having a top-notch closure if you know he has a good year? Because that team ain't going anywhere right now. So I would have put the money into something else, personally. Um, the Mets infielder from back in the day when they signed from Japan, was it Ishii? That, the, I'm trying to remember his name now, the second baseman. I am not sure. I can't think of it off the top of my head. But, you know, they bring these guys, and they're like kind of those slashers. And you're yeah. thinking, okay, the guy's going to get like a good 190 hits. He's going to get like 30 doubles, et cetera. And you know what? I've, I, 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 for every one of these Japanese signings, you know, it's funny. I, the odds of getting uh, a Suzuki is so, it, that's a once in a lifetime. And I just feel like if you're going to put that kind of money in, put it into a known quantity. Like other leagues, other countries, they don't translate because we don't know. We just don't know. The grind is different. The game is different. Um, so I, I, I mean, I get the allure of it for sure, and they're hoping they're going to hit. But you got to have deep pockets. Like the Dodgers, how many times have they signed guys out of uh, Dominican Cuba? Gave them big money, didn't pan out. They can, they don't sweat it. They're like, okay, see you later, no problem. A team yeah. like the Pirates, you don't hit on one of those international guys, and you give them like 50, 60 million, That your budget's blown for the next three years, easy. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, if you go back and look what Otani signed for when when he came over, uh, I don't think it was that big of a money. Um, you know, uh, they gave him good money, but not not that type of money. Uh, and then you know, Boston's looking into Dansby Swanson, right? I mean, they they need a shortstop. They didn't go out on the limb, obviously, eleven years to sign Xander Bogarts. Um, and, and the Padres, you know, came in and and uh, wrapped him up for eleven years. So. Uh, they're looking for a shortstop. Is it going to be Danzy Swanson? And I think he's the beneficiary of all of these other guys signing and for what they've signed for. Yeah, he's steady. He's waiting for sure. Uh, the Cubs signed in from the Yankees. How do you pronounce <clears throat> Jameson? I, I've always wondered, how do you pronounce Talion. Talion. Okay. Mr. Talion got four years, 68 million. Not a huge surprise there. Bellinger, everybody knew it was going to happen. One year, 17.5. A 200 hitter over the past three years or so gets 17 mil, but you always think about that MVP season and maybe we're the ones who can do it. So surprising goes to the cup out of all places. Cause even if he does have that one year, I don't know what they're going to do with that. Unless they think they could turn around and flip him at the deadline, but that's a big uh, gamble. It is. Another guy is Josh Bell getting two years, 33 mil from the Indians. 
What do the Indians need with Josh Bell exactly? Am I missing something there, Steve? Uh, out of the box signing for the Indians, uh, they had money. I know that they needed a first baseman. They were looking um, uh, to get uh, uh, the White Sox first baseman, Abreu, yes. uh, for a three-year deal. But he ended up going to the Astros right. uh, instead. So I think, uh, you know, Bell being a switch hitter, giving some protection uh, behind Jose Ramirez. Um, and uh, that's what that's kind of what they like. They could use him at DH. They can use him a little bit at first base. Uh, he's played in, in uh, you know, some some high level places that uh, I think the Indians like. So um, I just think it's something that rounds out their their order in the middle to help uh, you know some protection. Um, and and that's what they do. They went on they went on pitching right, and then enough runs, and he has enough power to supplement some of the the rest of the lineup that really doesn't. You were saying before about uh, steady pitching gets you 12 million. I think if you're average, you're getting 12 million. If you're an average hitter, you're getting 15 million now. You know, Bell to me is nowhere near stardom at all. And he frustrates me a lot sometimes at the plate. He has his, his little peaks, obviously. And teams always see stuff in him to get him on. He's not the guy, he's not going to be your heart of the order everyday guy, but he, maybe he's going to be kind of like that glue that keeps it together. I see that. So, I'd rather have him at uh, 15, 16 mil than 26 million, certainly. But a guy that you just mentioned, and I think that is the signing of the year, the one I'm really happy with is Abreu Astros. I think this is a marriage made in heaven. They, he doesn't get seven years. He gets three years, 58.5 mil, signed early. If he had waited out, I think he would have gotten more money, but he went where he wanted to probably. They were very serious about him. And I think they're going to be really happy with this guy. This All this guy does is rake all day long. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's on the uh, older side, right? But uh, being DH and a little bit of first base takes a little bit of wear and tear off your body. Uh, I think he's going to fit in exactly uh, to what they need. I mean, you, you just you just think about it. I mean, you got Bregman, you got Alvarez, you got Abreu. I mean, you know, it's a uh, it's really tough. I mean, obviously you got Tucker in there, and you got some of these other younger guys that they can put the pieces around. But uh, you know. Um, it, and it'll be really, really uh, interesting. I mean, they were going after Contreras too, right? I mean, mm -hmm. that would have been some type of sign if, if they got him as, as catcher. I mean, he ended up going to St. Louis and staying in the uh, and staying in the Central. But uh, you know, it's uh, it's an interesting lineup, and and the Astros they just find a way and they do it right. Yeah, it, it mystifies me how you know they've had managerial changes, they've had GM changes over the course of recent years. And then they've won, you know, winning the big one and then just firing their front office the next day, seemingly like, and they went off and still found a way to sign a Brave. So obviously they must be doing something right. So all the power to them. Uh, a guy that we've been talking about ad nauseum for weeks already. I don't know about you, but I'm all Aaron judged out at this point. Nine years, 360. Uh, he won. He stared down the Yanks. Got that offer at spring training, said, I'm going to go bet on myself. All he's going to do is, is get the record of the uh, home runs in the AL and, and uh, beat Maris and become the face of the franchise fully. He's apparently the next captain. That's the rumors. And he, and uh, I think he leveraged well when you talk about the San Diego. You know, apparently the Padres came in at the last minute with a $400 million offer. I think he can sleep very well night. He maxed his dollars and stayed where he should have. Yeah, he got what he wanted, right? I mean, that's uh, ultimately what 
Uh, everybody thought he was going to get eight or nine years, uh, roughly a little bit above Trout's AAV, which it ended up being. I thought he was going to get somewhere in the 320s, 330s for that amount and average uh, and average, uh, what it was, $38.5 million a year. The Yankees went above and beyond, gave him $40 million a year. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, he knew he was going to get paid one way or the other. 